Well, hello and welcome to Gallery Church Online. I am so grateful that we get a chance to use um, this moment together through whether the platform is YouTube or Facebook to join in together uh, to celebrate Jesus our Lord. Uh, we this is this is a unique Sunday on the church calendar. So if you're new to the Gallery Church, uh, it's really going to be hard in this platform with the ways in which we are able currently to broadcast and record our teachings for you to feel fully what those in person are going to experience today. Pentecost Sunday uh, is the birthday of the church, and we celebrate that with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. It's the day that we celebrate that the Holy Spirit was given to us to be able to be faithful to what Jesus has asked us to do. And that that same spirit we celebrate has the power to transform us into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so today online, we are going to be talking about um, the church and the power of the spirit and the, and the gift that the church is, especially when the church is as good as Jesus intended it to be. And so I want to apologize to those of you that are online in some way because we're not a tech-savvy church. We haven't spent a lot of money on technology. And so today I, I want to say to you, um, I want you to be encouraged. We have invested some resources so that we can improve the way that we include our online audience with our in-person audience. So I hope that you see the fruit of some of that soon. Soon we'll be able to live stream what we're doing to kind of bring together more powerfully and with more unity, intentionality, the ways that, the, that those of you that must stay home can join us or those of you that are abroad and other continents can join into what we are doing together in person. And so that is coming. We hope to be making some more announcements to you soon. But for this weekend, under these circumstances and how we're limited, I just want to say to you as, as our online audience, um, Jesus is Lord. He has given us, he has sent to us his Holy Spirit to work a transform, a, a transformation of our lives into the image of him so that when people see us, they can see Christ. And that is why we exist as a church. We want to be the image of Christ in our generation together. So I hope you are encouraged by what you hear here today. The teaching that you're going to hear is going to be short because in person today, uh, we are translating it in English and Spanish. Uh, so Aida Medina is going to be working with me in our in-person audience today. And so everything that I'm saying in this video is going to be said in English and Spanish to our audience. So I tried to measure my words and keep them short. So I don't want the shortness of the video to communicate to you that it is less valuable than a normal Sunday, because in anything, it's more valuable because we're talking about the gift of the church, not just to us, but to others, because we want to grow in the ways that we understand God's lavish love for us so that we can in turn give that same lavish love to others. So I hope that you're encouraged today, even in the, sh the brevity of this particular recording. I pray that the Holy Spirit uses it to work in us so that we look like Christ. God bless you today.
Welcome to the final week of our series, A Culture of Goodness. A church's culture matters. We believe that as we live in a culture, our culture begins to live in and into us. How we understand and feel about our Father in Heaven is formed and fostered by the church we attend. We're searching for truth and inspiration for how we talk about Jesus as Lord of all and how we are to live good lives that announce the good news of Jesus Christ. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The writer Luke, 1st century, to his friend Theophilus. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The Apostle Paul to his brothers and sisters living in Galatia. No pastor is perfect, that's for sure. But pastors are to be mature enough Christians to be able to mentor others into Christ-likeness as they are moving into Christ-likeness themselves. We are in this together. Laura Berenger, a church called Tav. Well, guys, as you just heard on the intro into this particular teaching, this is the final week in our Culture of Goodness series. We're talking about Christ-likeness today. So if you're following along in the notes or if there's a word that you need to write down and kind of circle or underline, it's the word Christ-likeness. I believe that this particular series has helped us tie together a lot of the things that we've literally been learning since January. And if there's an encouragement that I can give us, we need to carve out time to go back from the first Sunday in January through the present and meditate on what we've been taught. You can do that through the notes in the app. You can do that through YouTube where the videos are recorded for you. Uh, even on Facebook, you can go back and watch. But there's so much that we're trying to tie together so that we can have a better understanding. So over these last six Sundays, you've been taught by uh, our local pastors, our elders, and they've guided us through what have been a series of truths that really must be done as one, but we've broken them down so that we can think about them more completely. But the, the idea is, is that we weren't just learning about ways that we express our goodness, but yet we've broken them down so that we can see that there's tangible ways that we need to start practicing these so that under the intensity of life, the trials that come, the, the pain that comes, that those good fruits are what are seen on the bad days as well as the good days. I started out this teaching in week one by telling all of us that we're not all fully fashioned into the image of Jesus Christ yet. 
We are all still struggling in our sin, myself included as a pastor here. I used a quotation from G.K. Chesterton in that opening week, and I want to go back to it as we end this particular series on this Pentecost Sunday. He was responding, Chesterton was responding to an article that was in the local newspaper. And the question that the local newspaper asked and wanted its readers to respond to was this question. What is wrong with the world? So Chesterton responded to the newspaper in which he was then quoted. And his response was simply this. Dear sirs, I am. Chesterton understood that, yes, there were more evil people in the world than he was. But if the world was going to change, it took somebody like him to identify the fact that he was a sinner and that he was a part of the problem. We must admit that we are sinners and that we are a part of the problem. Are the things that I do impact my family, the things that I do impact my neighbors, which impact my community, which impacts our city, which ultimately impacts our state, our nation, and our world. There's a ripple effect to the choices that we make. And in this confession that I am a sinner, I believe that God can bring through the power of his Holy Spirit a transformation through the humility of us realizing that we are what's wrong. Through that type of humble statement, God can do a great work by making us more into the image of Jesus Christ. Our city and our neighbors and our family need us as a church, as individuals to let the spirit do this work. So this summer, we're going to be dedicating the entire summer series to ways in which you and I can can practice and work out what it takes for us to join in with the Holy Spirit, to put into practice the life of Christ in flesh through us, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. Um, and so we're going to dedicate the whole summer. So next Sunday, I'm super excited. Aida is going to be getting us started into our summer teaching. And you're not going to want to miss that, whether online or in person, as she teaches us next week. And so let me let me let me bring it, the series back to today. I believe it is all of our desire to have a good church that has good people that do good things out of the overflow of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ that he has started in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me stop and say that again. I believe that it is all of our desire to have a good church that has good people that do good things out of the overflow of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ that he has started in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know this is true in us and therefore we must operate according to God's design. God has a design for his church and we must operate in that. And I, and I believe it starts with me allowing the Holy Spirit at our Lord Jesus Christ's direction to nurture me into Christ likeness and then pass on that nurture into others that then pass on the nurtured life in Christ Jesus to other people that then pass it on. So it starts a ripple effect of, of being nurtured into the image of Jesus Christ and then it being passed on to others. When Paul 
was literally living this out and allowing this to happen in his life. And as he was then transferring that nurture to his brothers and sisters in Rome, he told them in the letter to the Romans to believe in Jesus as Lord multiple times, to believe in Jesus as Lord, and then to confess it to one another, and the result would be their salvation. Now, there's so much in that teaching that we could go after, but I want to point out one thing. I want us to notice one important thing. He said, Jesus as Lord, Jesus is Lord, not Jesus is Savior or Jesus as Savior. He was telling them that Jesus is to be our Lord. And as a result of that, salvation comes. But Jesus wants to be the one to tell us and to show us how to live. That's the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord over all. He's not Lord over some. So allowing the Holy Spirit, which is what we're celebrating today on Pentecost Sunday, the coming of the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to confirm in us or to continue to conform in us The image of Jesus Christ is the result of you and I not trusting our own thoughts and not trusting our own opinions, but we are allowing ourselves to understand that the only one who has perfect thoughts, the only one who has a perfect opinion is the only one that matters. And that is our true Lord. And our true Lord is Jesus Christ. So if we want to have perfect thoughts, we want to have perfect opinions, we want to have excellent advice that is only going to come from our true Lord, Jesus Christ. And as a result of us stepping into that to allow him to be Lord, we begin to feel the salvation. We begin to experience the salvation, the freedom that comes with that. So let me be clear. There is not a perfect pastor I am not a perfect pastor. You will never meet a perfect pastor. You will never attend a perfect church. That is for sure. But I agree with Laura Beringer in the book that she wrote with her dad when she says this, pastors are able to be mature enough Christians to be able to mentor others into Christ likeness as they are moving into Christ likeness themselves because we are in this together. I love this. I believe that that is what we're called to. I have a special calling to be a pastor. I want to do that with all of the humility and strength and courage that I possibly can through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I need to allow Christ to transform me into his image. But as a result of that, I need to be faithfully conveying that to you so that you not only allow that to work in you, but then you're prepared to give that to other people because we are in this together. I need to make another thing just very clear for us. It is about us looking like Jesus in our ordinary lives. I don't want us to think that there's only when we look like Jesus, there's something extraordinary that we're going to go out and do that, that, that history will always tell of this extraordinary thing that we did. I believe that what happened in Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came is God empowered ordinary people doing ordinary tasks to have a extraordinary testimony that began to change the world. I, I do believe, like Paul, he's a great example. Some people have just an extraordinary calling. Like Paul was asked to make sure that the Gentiles knew, all Gentiles, means anybody that was non-Jew in the first century, 
Paul was asked by God to carry the message of Jesus as Lord to every Gentile nation, every non-Jewish person to let them know Jesus was Lord. That's an extraordinary calling on a very unique individual for a very unique time. But the people Paul was ministering to were being faithful to their families. They were being faithful to their neighbors. They were being faithfully followers of Jesus in their community and where they went. That was what he was asking of them. Most of us as believers are only going to be asked to be faithful to Jesus Christ in our homes. We're going to be asked to be faithful to Jesus Christ with our neighbors. We're going to be asked to be faithful to Jesus Christ in whatever kind of business we're involved in, or whatever type of work that we do to provide in our homes. And we are going to be asked to be faithful to Jesus wherever we go, whether it's for an intentional trip or vacation um, some sort of family meeting. It doesn't matter. Anywhere we go, we are to go with our Lord Jesus as Lord. They didn't have to go to some faraway place. When you look at all of the letters we have recorded for us of the early church in order to be faithful to Jesus Christ, we have summarized the words that describe the activities of the early church. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit to live. They were powered by the Holy Spirit to work. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit to learn. And they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to play, to have life with their community. Where they lived, where they learned, where they worked, where they played, that's where the Holy Spirit wanted the testimony of their goodness to be seen and to be understood. So our church attendance is about joining a community of believers and being nurtured into the image of Jesus Christ. Our church is about the transformation of how you and I think and then how you and I live. It's not just for us to grow in knowledge, but it's to grow in the transformation of literally how our brain processes all of the stimulus in our lives, and then what actually comes out of us and the choices that we do with our bodies, like how I spend my time, what I use my resources for, what I use my talents for. Jesus and being a part of his kingdom and his church is about the transforming of that thinking and that living. The church is us learning to confess that we are sinners to one another, and then not harming one another in the process of us working out that sinful nature and bringing in the image of Jesus Christ. There's a powerful passage in Colossians 3 where it talks about us emptying out our closet of all the old and putting all the new in our closet. That's a, a physical example of what spiritually is taking place in us. I'm taking anger out and I'm bringing gentleness and kindness in. I'm changing the wardrobe so that when people see me, they are seeing fruits of God's spirit in us. The church is a local community of believers who are striving to be like Christ together, both in the large group setting but in their individual lives, because we can fake it in large group settings and we can fake it in our private life. 
but that's not the goal. The goal is, is that I'm working it out in private so that I can be more effective in working it out in a group because it is the display of us working that out together in the goodness of Jesus Christ. That is a hope to the world. Like they're going to believe in Christ because you and I have disciplined ourselves in private and in public in these group times together as the church to allow Jesus Christ's image to be fashioned in us. And then people are going to say, Jesus must be true. It must be true that the Father sent the Son. The church is powered by the Holy Spirit, and it is interdependent on each of us using the gifts that we've been given to honor and worship and serve our Lord Jesus Christ under his exclusive headship. Like it is Jesus that is the head of the church. It is Jesus that is the one that should be giving us our commands. And it is Jesus to whom we should be obedient. But there is an interdependence on you and I functioning as one where some of us are talented in some ways. Some of us have been, uh, been given other gifts and we can read about that in, to the church, to Galatia and Galatians um, five and six, and we can see that to the church in Colossae. We can even see that in Acts two through chapters eight and nine as the church was experiencing the fact that they were all being gifted differently, but for the purpose of being one. Our allegiance to Jesus Christ establishes our identity as an individual and as a church. Our allegiance to him not our understanding of scripture, not our knowledge, not anything. It is our full devotion to Jesus as Lord that establishes our identity because he can then tell us how to live. And when he's telling us how to live, we're actually going to live correctly. He's going to point us in the direction of where we need to go. There will be confidence that we are going where he wants us to go because we're listening to our Lord tell us what to do. And the spirit gives us the strength to do that. And he fills us in the process with hope. Because if there's one thing about living in Baltimore that we've learned is that the, 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 the city, the, the, the sinfulness, the systemic issues are so discouraging, so defeating, and many times very harmful to us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It is so easy to lose hope. I'm guilty of that as well. So many times discouragement is set in and it's like a hopelessness, but it's when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus that we can get through the hopelessness that we're experiencing in our lives. Jesus is the one that has the power to release us from the control of sin. He's the one that can re re release us or rescue us from the hands of what is referred to as the Satan, this evil one that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy Jesus, our Lord, not us as a church functioning as best we can, but under the following of Jesus, we can have the power to get out of his hand. And he's the one that can free us from the systemic evil that is at work around us. Jesus has prepared a way for his church to function as a new kingdom, which is anti-systemic evil kingdom that's in control in the world. He, as Lord, has established a kingdom that we can walk in that does not have a systemic evil. And if we're listening to him, we can function in the world where we're not controlled by the systemic evil that is around us because he's giving us a new direction on how to live. 
We can see that in the Sermon on the Mount. He is the leader that we're longing for. He himself has the rightful claim to say, I'm Lord of your life. Listen to me. So I know that there are some of us today that, you know, like we really need something longer, something more that we can spend time in. But I want you to see what John, the disciple, how he summarized everything he experiences Jesus as Lord. Listen to what he says in 1 John 4, 16 through 18. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. So important. We can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Because let me, let me, let me summarize this. Let me just tell us what this is like today for us as a church. The church is a multi-ethnic, multi-economic, multinational, multicultural, multiracial. I think you get my point. It is a, it, it represents all of humanity. It is a community of redeemed people under the one person worthy of being Lord of all. And that is Jesus Christ. That is the church. It is a group of people of all types of backgrounds, ages, languages, economics, education, everything. Any way we can add diversity, Jesus is Lord of that. Jesus wants to give direction to that. Jesus Christ is Lord. We exist to help each other, to help others grow in the image of Jesus Christ. That's it. The church, we exist to help each other and to help others grow into the image of Jesus Christ. This is the lifelong calling that every believer has. This is the process that is based in love that John was talking about. Every one of us listening to this, every one of us that believes in Jesus, every one of us that's in our in-person gatherings is a minister of this. Jesus is Lord. Every one of us is gifted by the Holy Spirit to help all of us perform the kingdom work that Jesus is telling us to do. We can't do it by ourselves. We need the other gifts all working together so we can work it together. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts and every one of us receives our instructions from one source. Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the only one that can give us perfect instructions. So if you and I, if we remain humble, knowing that we are sinners and so because we are sinners, we're going to be tempted to step out of Jesus's reign and make decisions on our own that then in turn can be devastating to one another. If we remain humble, knowing that we are sinners, we will gradually learn the ways of Jesus together. Our pastors, our elders, our deacons, and our people together, gradually growing more and more as each day passes into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ.
So if you're listening today, if you're here in this, in this platform with me right now, and you do not yet confidently share the same faith in Jesus Christ that I've been talking to you about, let me request a couple of things of you today. First, I would like for you to get to know what Jesus taught. And so you can do that by reading the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. You can go back to some of our past teachings and just let them um, show you what Jesus taught. You can enter into one of our growth communities and listen to the stories of why other people believe in what Jesus has taught and their understanding. And you can even request of us other resources and we can share those resources with you so you can understand what Jesus taught. I think that's the very first step is you need to understand what Jesus taught. Because the second thing I want you to consider is this. I want you to count the cost because we're telling you and I'm because I believe this is that Jesus is Lord. Like he's Lord and, and because of that, there's so many blessings that come my way, salvation and, and, and being an heir to his kingdom and all of the things that we could spend so much time talking about. But when you listen to his teachings, I'm asking you to measure the cost because if you do that, you, you need to be ready to make Jesus the central aspect of your life. You need to be willing to give your life fully to him because he is Lord of all and not Lord of some. And the third thing that I'd like for you to do today is, is to commit your life. Say yes. You know, it's like say yes to Jesus as Lord. Do that privately and then do that publicly. There's ways that you can do that. You can join into the Lord's table with us, the Eucharist, the breaking of the body and the blood and step into that in faith and say, yes, Jesus is Lord. He did this for me and I want to do this for others. And then I also want to encourage you to follow Jesus in baptism Baptism is something we'd love to talk to you about. It's a public expression that Jesus is Lord. And if that's you, let us know. We want to help you follow the steps of baptism. Then the fourth thing that I want you to consider is to invest into this community of believers. Go all in. Get involved. Use your gifts. Grow in your understanding of Jesus. And as you learn something about Jesus, put it into practice with us so that we can can be obedient to all that God has for us. I believe Jesus is drawing us closer to him and he's drawing us closer to each other. Let me pray for us today as we end this online gathering together. So would you, would you pray with me? Let me pray this over us. Father in heaven, you know our hearts and minds. You have seen everything that we've done in private and you've seen everything we've done in public. You know all. Thank you for Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for revealing the truth to us through Jesus Christ. So my request, please grant us, a pastor and people, the wisdom and understanding we need to be transformed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please grant us the unity that we need to be a display of your great love to everyone that is watching us each and every day of our lives. And we confess that Jesus is Lord and we ask for your Holy Spirit to complete his work in us. And to that I say, amen. As if you need prayer, I encourage you to email us at prayer at gc.com. 
BeDowntown.com. If you want, you can use the app. You can seek prayer through the app. You can use the Get Connected button so that we can connect you to other believers in, in the community to begin to allow us together to let the Holy Spirit transform us into the image of Jesus. So if you have questions, uh, I encourage you to join us in the Zoom lingering. It's in the description at the bottom of whatever platform that you're watching this. But I also just want to say to you, if you're able or ready, we want you to be able to step back safely into community with us so that we can in person as best as possible, encourage one another to look like Jesus, no matter where we go to work, where we live or where we're learning or where we're playing right now. And so I hope today was encouraging to you. Today, we celebrate the birth of the church. We celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit so you and I can faithfully follow Jesus, our Lord. We want to invite you to respond to the word of God that we just received. We know that he is speaking and working in our hearts. We all struggle with sin. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about what sin is in you? We are God's masterpiece, created to do good. God gives us a helper in this effort to do good. What good do you know that you're supposed to be doing, but are currently not obeying? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Our testimony and our church's testimony has to be based in a goodness culture. Ask the Holy Spirit to minister to you now and help you see ways that you are to serve in our church family to help us display the goodness of God and his love for the city of Baltimore. Let's respond to the Holy Spirit, acknowledge his work in us, and celebrate that we are lavishly loved by our Father in heaven and our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, church family, as we're bringing our gathering to an end, I, I'm, I'm prayerful that the Holy Spirit is talking to you and that you're gaining understanding of what it really means to put Jesus as Lord and let the Holy Spirit do his work. 
want to give you just a couple of announcements. The first is, is we need you to mark your calendar for June the 20th. We're going to have a all church covenant family, which is our membership. It's a way that we talk about um, being the church with those that are expressly saying, this is our church and I want to be a part of it. I want to follow Jesus here. Um, on June 20th, five o'clock here at the downtown church, we're going to be having a special covenant family meeting um, for all of our brothers and sisters in our church family. I want to encourage you to be a part. If you aren't a current covenant member, but you'd like to be, you can find it in the app under the more tab. There's a covenant family um, PDF and a way that you can understand more what that means. And you can commit to being a covenant family through the app. You can email us. We would love to talk to you more. We generally renew our covenants in September. Um, so there's some information about that in there as well. But if you would like to be a part of our church family, especially now we're coming out of this pandemic, you might be new. We would love for you to be a part of that time. And you're welcome to be a part of our covenant family. You can even sign up to be a, a, a covenant family member on the 20th. If you come and you listen and you hear and you're like, yes, this is the goodness of Christ expressed in the church. And I want to be a part of it. I also want to say to you that we're starting a, a, a newsletter that goes out on Tuesdays. And if you would like to uh, receive that, um, I would encourage you to go to the description on whatever platform you're watching and you can find a link so that you can go and add your email address so that we can keep you informed there. And as a part of our communication, we use our Facebook page. We use Instagram. Um, we use the push notifications in our app. Uh, those are ways that we're trying to stay connected to you when we're not able to be in person. So here's our benediction. As we go from here today, may we continue to see clearly that Jesus is Lord of all. And through that, we get salvation. We, we, we are, we're able to be good in our homes, good to our neighbors, good to our communities, good to our city and nation, and good to people. Our goodness comes from our eyes being fixed on Jesus Christ as Lord and us being willing to work with the power of his spirit. And so may we use our gifts, may we use our talents for the purpose of Jesus Christ, our Lord. May God's grace and peace be with you. Thank you so much. And uh, Zoom lingering uh, will not happen today as the Pentecost gathering will be a little bit more chaotic um, but we look forward to seeing you here online again next week or if possible in person. God be with you.